0: to Barnyard Language. We are Katie and Arlene, an Iowa sheep farmer and an Ontario dairy farmer with six kids, two husbands, and a whole lot of chaos between us. So kick off your boots, reheat your coffee,
1: and join us for some Barnyard Language honest talk about running farms and raising families. In case your kids haven't already learned all the swears from being in the barn, it might be a good idea to put on some headphones or turn down the volume. While many of our guests are professionals, they aren't your professionals. If you need personalized advice, consult your people welcome to another episode of barnyard language it's arlene and katie as usual katie what is happening on the farm what's going on in iowa
0: not a whole lot i guess you know same old same old side.
1: this is winter katie i don't know have i left my house this week
0: hey i left my house yesterday i think yes <laughs> i went over to my in-laws which is across the road um Saturday, I went out for lunch. Yeah, all the way across. Did you drive or walk? We walked. It was nice. out. Saturday, I went out for lunch with my friends. I've left the house a number of times this week. I think that's why I'm so discombobulated, to be perfectly honest. um, Sorry, I was distracted. I got a new webcam, and it's much higher definition, which means that all of my gray hairs and wrinkles and such that I had been happily ignoring are uh, much clearer now which is now in hd yes yes i am you know aging is a uh a benefit that not everyone gets but also um it was kind of a shock so
1: yeah there it is right in front of me
0: and yes i saw the cat just about knock the lamp over behind me the uh, lampshades
1: are still swinging that's only for people on patreon to see
0: Yep, if you want to see my fat-ass cats and all my wrinkles and gray hair, you'll have to join our Patreon. <laughs> That's what patrons uh, want for. woo Yay! Uh, Arlene, what's going on at your place?
1: Well, it is another birthday in my house, and I have a 16-year-old. Now, the whole sweet 16 thing, is that just for girls? It sounds weird to say it about my 16-year-old son, who's like a foot taller than me. But anyway, it's his sweet 16! And I've got him and the youngest both homesick from school with different things. So this just for me indicates that maybe the rest of the week we'll be swapping those two things with other people. But maybe not. Maybe they'll each keep their sicknesses to themselves. I really don't know. But yes, we have a 16-year-old in the house. And assuming he feels okay tomorrow, we're going to go and see if he can pass the written part of his uh, driver's test. So... He has been working for many months at this point on driving skills, so fingers crossed, both ours and his driving instructors, uh, that he will pass on the first try. But if not, that's cool, too. I failed multiple driving tests myself. Did you, Katie?
0: Um, Only the driving portion and only because I still can't parallel park at the age of 42. Got it. Which is why I will just have to live in a small town forever or take public transit.
1: I failed the written once, and then where we live, we have a graduated licensing program. So when I was young, that meant we had a short test um, about eight months after you got your learner's permit, and that got you kind of a, a license that had less points and a few more restrictions on it. And then you could do another longer driving test after another after a year of having that one. So I failed the first driving test once, and then I failed the long driving test twice, I believe. But the time that I passed was in like a major snowstorm in a city that I was not familiar with because by that point, after failing all those tests, plus waiting all the time in between the tests, I was in another city. And uh, so I was somewhere where I didn't really know the roads and there was so much snow, you couldn't see the lines. So the instructor or the, I guess, the tester and I worked together and I would say things like, how many lanes are there on this road? And they would indicate if I was driving down the middle of the road or not. And where do you think the curb might be for this parallel park? And I would park pretty much in the middle of the street because there was nobody else out there. So I think they figured if they got safely back to the t- the testing center on that day, then they were successful. Or I was successful, yeah. I guess, yeah. would be the, uh, the answer for that one.
0: Yeah, I know more and more young people here are waiting longer to get their license simply because driver's ed is really expensive and you have to be eighteen to get your license without taking driver's ed
1: oh okay um
0: and gasoline is very, very expensive, and car insurance is very, very expensive and and cars alone are also expensive well, yeah, I mean, my first car was eight hundred dollars and was literally purchased from a friend's grandfather um now, I don't know that you could get a a reasonably running used car for less than five to seven thousand, probably. Mm-hmm. but minimum wage hasn't really gone up at all. So that five to $7,000 is a lot more dollars than it used to Yeah, it's, that's right. You know what I mean. I get what you're saying. It's harder to achieve saving that much money now than it used to yes, be. Yes,
1: that's right. So our episode today, which when you listen, you will realize is a bit of chaos because it's both of us and our husbands with a little less prep and a few more kids because uh, Katie's kids made it back into the house despite their attempts to uh, send them out elsewhere. So
0: thank this you. This is the problem when your house doors don't all lock. It's really <laughs> yeah. harder to lock your children out.
1: Yeah. Um, so thank you to our editor, Krista, who I'm sure did a wonderful job of piecing that together. But we also asked on social media if anyone had any extra questions for our... Uh, this is not the second annual because we skipped it last year, but the second time. That the podcast husbands have been on. So one person asked, um, "What our husbands think about us having a quote unquote public life?" Katie, do you uh, have any thoughts on that, or how has Jim has Jim expressed that to you? It's something we've
0: talked about a little. I think I probably struggle with it more than he does because as a chronic overshare remembering to like not make public every part of our lives and that. Despite the fact that this show it feels like sitting down with friends, and I consider that to be what this is, that also my coworkers, some of Jim's co-workers, some of our family members, listen and it's one thing to share intimate details of your life with complete strangers, but it's another thing to share them with people whose opinions of you might actually impact your your daily goings on. I didn't want to say whose opinions matter. But, you know, some people's opinions may uh, matter more directly than other people's.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, and it's... I think for us, we have discussed it, too. And I mean, in part, some of the decisions that you and I came to were also influenced by what our husbands were comfortable with in terms of um, not using our kids' names or, you know, keeping certain details private or... Um, I know not putting their faces on social media was something that was important to me. But I think something that's going to come up later is that uh, I know that my husband doesn't listen all that often because he's more of a when he's in the tractor or on long car rides, and that doesn't happen all that often for him right now, this time of year. So sometimes he's catching up, you know, three, four or five months after an episode has come out. So there is that little bit of delay where it's like, "Hmm, wonder when he's going to hear that (laughs) particular uh, thing that, that I said. But I think for the most part i mean he's very supportive and um i know a little while ago i was on the cover of a a dairy magazine and he was the one who was like we should really get this framed like you know this is important stuff so i you know like i think that i think he's proud of what we're doing too and you know he he is probably more likely to tell people about the podcast sometimes than i am because it's a weird thing to bring up uh yeah so i have a podcast (laughs) do you want to listen to it kind of thing (laughs) So, yeah, I guess that's our thing. And then uh, someone also asked what our and our husband's uh, love languages are. So, Katie, do you know? Have you done that quiz or have you?
0: We did. We had to do it during our uh, marriage counseling with the pastor before we got married. Mine used to be gifts because I am a very concrete sort of a person. Anymore, I think it's probably... Time alone without expectations from others or myself jim's was and i think probably still is acts of service which can be hard to remember to try to make it a special conscious thing to do um when you're just doing and cooking and cleaning all the time to put in a little extra effort to make it
1: and how much more service can you provide a human when you're already cooking and cleaning and yeah, yeah. folding his underwear? And not that I'm talking about myself yeah. or anything, but <laughs> how many more acts yeah. of service do you want?
0: What are what are yours, Arlene's?
1: I don't know that I've ever actually uh, done the quiz, to be honest. Um, I expect that for both of us, quality time would be one of them because especially when the, the kids were really little, that was, I think, probably hardest for both of us in terms of, of the, the strain that it put on our relationship, because actually finding time to to spend together was that much harder. And even if we were together, but were looking after people, then it didn't really feel it wasn't that quality time, it was time. But you know, if, if you're just relaying information and and trying to divide and conquer and look after everybody in the household, then it really isn't that time that you're spending with the other person in the same way. So, yeah, I don't know that we've ever actually done it. I'm sure it would be um, helpful if we did, but...
0: I think, just like with acts of service, it can be hard to remember that it is... There's a reason they call it quality time and not... My love language is proximity, you know, that just... Being within 10 feet of each other does not count as quality time.
1: You know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we milk together every morning, but he can't hear over the milkers and we're too far away in the barn to actually say anything. So does that count? I don't know. We are in proximity to each other. I can see you.
0: I feel like, and I'm, I'm not normally a uh, super, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness kind of a person, but I feel like if there's poop involved, we can probably say it's not quality time.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, we've gone to some cow shows together that where we were not showing. and Yeah, but that's not like... I was not literally scooping the poop, so that doesn't count. If there's
0: poop directly adjacent to your person, I feel like maybe that doesn't really...
1: I don't know. I think you're losing our listeners. That's, that doesn't seem like our crowd. Arlene,
0: I'm going to go ahead and say it. When we got engaged, Jim had determined that it would be three months from our first date, which was... Our first date was April 7th. So, he was going to propose on July 7th. Big, big, surprising sort of a thing that I knew this from, like, May on. So, July 4th, he takes me out.
1: Oh, so he had already told you that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right. So, real spontaneous.
0: So, July 4th, he takes me out to the state park. We go for a picnic. We go that night to watch fireworks, like, parked out on a dead-end road. I'm like, oh, how romantic. Does he propose? No. No. Does he wait until July 7th?
1: No. It's not the right day.
0: Does he wait until July 7th when I'm coming home from milking? Yes. Am I covered in cow shit? Yes. Does he let me take a shower before he proposes in the middle of the front yard? No.
1: (laughs) But it was the right day. So. It's the right day. The The math was
0: right. And God love him. Yeah. he He was too nervous to wait any longer. And I may have pointed out that if he had proposed on the 4th, he wouldn't have had to wait until the 7th. But now we know the differences between us. So, Oh, anyway. gosh.
1: All right. Well, on that note, why don't we uh introduce the husbands? So mine is Hugh and Katie's is Jim. And I think uh from their accents, which are even more distinctly Canadian and American, you'll be able to tell them apart. Yeah. Back by popular demand or... I don't know, maybe semi-popular demand. Doesn't matter who demanded it, but we are back with the husbands of the podcast. So Hugh and Jim are here today for our Valentine's Day episode. So if you're feeling the love, this is why the husbands are in the house. So we're going to start the same way as we always do. So I will start by asking Katie's husband, Jim, our usual beginning question. So Jim, remind us, what are you growing? This includes
0: children and off-farm jobs and et cetera, et cetera. Well,
2: first off, I guess less hair on the top of my head. Yeah, uh, that's gone backwards, and then more uh, back hair though. More back hair, probably. Yeah, uh, the uh, you feel that in the breeze once in a while, but uh, <laughs> then I get. Uh, uh, I am uh, off farm. I work with my job where we are expand. We have expanded and added several short lines of equipment. Uh, Selling cobet livestock waters. That's been a good one for us. And cover crop seeds and different things like that on the farm. Cows, sheep, crops, kids, about the same.
0: Yeah. So, Plus one more calf this morning.
2: There's one more calf out of a heifer that did not breed. And so she was in with the animals getting fattened out and then calved this morning. Oh,
1: surprise. That's
2: how that's going. <laughs> yeah. Now.
1: So. Now we'll ask my husband Hugh. Hugh, remind our listeners, what are you growing?
2: So,
3: we're growing the same four kids that we've had for the last few years. And on farm, I am on the farm full time. And on farm, we're milking 80 cows and we crop, we own just over 700 acres and we rent another 200 acres to grow hay and corn, soybeans.
1: Very cool, and I am
3: also experiencing the loss of hair <laughs> on top of my head.
2: I mean, it works its way from the top, and then goes to your ears, and then then it goes from other places of the head. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, migrates down. So, I we are not super organized today because we none of us really knew what we were doing. So, we'll, we'll we're going to preface with that because things are going to be a little bit more. Uh, uh, casual maybe than our usual because we didn't research our husbands, but we still have to come up with questions for them. So I've got a few for both husbands. So I'm going to start with Jim again. Honest answers are required today. How many episodes of the podcast do you think you've actually listened to? So it can be a percentage wise or, uh, Mm -hmm. an actual number if you happen to know it. And do you have a favorite?
2: I have to look back, but I think there's four or five that I have yet to listen to.
3: Oh, pretty good. Brown noser, <laughs> you?
2: How many do you
3: think you've listened to? I'll bet you I have listened to about thirty percent of them. Okay, and I, I, I listen to some podcasts, but the majority of podcasts I listen to are in the tractor. I don't enjoy working and listening to something uh, in the barn. I feel like I need that the sense of of hearing to avoid accidents. So that's why I don't listen to podcasts in the barn. But I would say about. 30% of the barnyard language podcasts.
1: That's all right. Not bad. Uh, Jim, do you have a favorite episode other than the one that you were on? Oh, someone sneaking in. Oh, there's a cat came in <laughs> and a kid. Oh, we're off to a good start. Yeah, so our lean
0: net pulling calves is a lot more of a workout than pulling lambs is.
1: Well hopefully they have the same lambs number of things. legs with calves.
0: Lambs were usually dealing with more legs, but less body weight. Yeah,
3: but with lambs and you go to pull there's like sixteen legs. With calves it's usually only like you're gonna feel two. If you feel three, that's a problem.
1: Just to clarify though, when they come out, they have the same number per animal. Usually. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the
3: it's the Jenga inside that's yeah, the problem.
1: Yeah, I gotcha. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Let's add some that extra extras.
1: Okay, so we're going to get back to it. Jim, since you have listened to more episodes of the podcast, do you have a favorite other than the one you were on?
2: That's probably my least favorite. Uh, <laughs> the one was entertaining. I can't think of who that. Uh, I think she was from the one that, the one who uh, believed the melted snow story.
1: Oh, yeah. From Saskatchewan. Yeah. yeah. Faith, I think her name was.
2: Yeah, she was a character. Yep, that was that one was really entertaining. Yep. So i got put that down as one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to go into a few um, parenting questions just because we're a parenting podcast and we're all here together. Um, Katie, well, I'm going to ask you first, actually, what part of parenting do you find the most challenging? Me, myself. You, yourself as a human being. Um, with my precious angel baby sitting here,
0: it's the children, Arlene. The children are the hardest part of parenting. I really feel like without children, it would be a lot easier.
1: Yes, true. Um,
0: The parenting part would be. Um, I think for me, the hardest part is remembering to, there's some like good way of saying it, but not reacting to things, you know, because it's, there's a lot of times that, Logically, you know you should be doing X, Y, and Z, but every like instinctual part of you is going, "Well, just, just slap them one," you know, right? Or whatever. Um, yeah, or Yell- yelling will solve this. <laughs> yelling will definitely solve it. Yeah. Uh, hot tip for new parents: yelling does not solve it.
1: Hmm. Sometime, if they're about to run into the road or something, sometimes yelling sells it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's good. What about Jim? Well, you, Jim, do you, what are you at this point of the, uh, child development? And I know one of them's in the room. What do you find the most challenging these days as a parent?
2: Lack of, lack of listening <laughs> <laughs> from, from them, from them. Yeah. Huh?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> are they just, uh, the older you get, the more they, they just want to do what they want to do. And that, that seems to, I keep telling everybody with newborns, like, enjoy this time where they, they they
0: stay where you leave them because pretty soon they get mobile. And then, you know, they just, yeah. You know. We had some friends over last night with a baby who's almost 15 months. And it was a, a nice reminder of how nice it is to not have kids that will continually try to murder themselves in new and interesting ways. She was real excited about the stairs. Um, Arlene, what do you think is the most challenging part?
1: Um, I mean, I know that I've heard this from other people before and I'm finding it more true as the kids get older that right now it's the feeling of that I have I, I guess I still have influence, but I have so little ability to actually solve any of their problems anymore as as they get older, the problems get bigger, and um you know you guys well, our listeners too know that our oldest is away at university, and so um there's even now more physical distance, and there there's only so much that I can actually do to help and hearing about things that they're struggling with and not being able to help is, is a really hard thing to, to do. And I mean, I guess there isn't much to do about it. So it's more just that, yeah, that feeling of, of helplessness and not really being able to, to do much to when, when they're little, you can, you know, kiss it better and put a Band-Aid on it. And hopefully that's enough. But yeah, the, the problems do, do start to get bigger and you can only offer, offer support and hope that's enough.
0: Well, and it seems like too, the bigger they get, the bigger the consequences of their actions can be, you know, mm-hmm. at at five versus eighteen. You
1: know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hugh, what do you think the hardest part has been with
3: stages? Right. So I would say that when they were younger, obviously, obviously, that physical part where you're constantly on edge and and scanning and watching. And, you know, not being able to turn your back, especially because we had a lot. Of- oh, wait, were we
0: not? Were we supposed to be watching? <laughs> well, they've lived so far.
1: <laughs> if your kids are, if, if they survived that that year of one, you were watching them because like you said, that uh, in that one to two range, if you're not watching them, they, they are on a mission to to not, to unalive themselves a lot of the time.
3: So, and it, it's hard to get that out of your headspace, you know, when we're at the point that we are now where they're almost self-sufficient so that we don't have to worry about things happening that shouldn't. And then at this stage, uh, my challenge, I would say, at this stage of their development is to catch myself um, in conversation or just trying to set the right example, right? Um, uh, You know, saying things and doing things that, that I would hope uh, they they would f- they could learn from
0: mm-hmm. you
3: know interacting with people and conducting myself in public and such.
1: So Arlene, what
0: do you think the best part is?
1: I think the other night Hugh and I were actually discussing the fact that that we really enjoy our kids' sense of humor and um, actually really enjoy. <laughs> spending time with them. I mean, I guess that's the hope that everybody has. And I mean, not that we didn't when they were younger, obviously we we liked being with them too, but, but seeing their personalities develop and how, you know, that we appreciate the, the things that they're interested in and the, the way their, their personalities have, have emerged and how funny and smart they are. And that, I guess, partly nature, nurture, whatever, you know, like they have, they find similar things to us (laughs) to be entertaining. So, you know, it's fun to be able to, to do stuff together and and laugh together. So that's pretty fun right now. How about you guys?
2: I'd say it's a lot similar to that, you know, just, it's, uh, I love when we can all go and do things and and them discovering new things and, and, uh, just that excitement, you know, the excitement of of little kids and, and, uh, get to see something new that they really wow. love and, and uh, uh, just the enthusiasm for so many things. It's just so much fun to watch. I, I love that. And the, they really make their most out of a, when they get to go to a park, it's uh, they make the most of their time for sure.
0: <laughs> it's,
2: it's wonderful.
0: <laughs> I think for me, a lot of it is the times that you get to see sort of the best case scenario of who they're growing into being you know, and who they're who they'll be as they get to be people on their own, you know. And some days I'm really excited about who they're growing up to be. Other days we're trying to figure out how much bail money we might need. Um, but mostly I think we're pretty excited about it.
1: Yeah, that too. Uh so Jim, since this is kind of like a couples episode too, one thing I was wondering about is um, how has Katie, as a mom, like what has that revealed <laughs> about her personality that maybe you you didn't didn't know or suspected before, but that that has kind of come out as you've watched her raise little people?
2: I guess I I haven't seen any difference in her personality or anything. The uh, the one thing I will say that always amazes me about her that where I feel I lack is. She always knows what's to, what to do, what they need, and, and everything. And I'm just like frustrated, and and uh, you know, certain times where they're acting up or something, and I'm trying to put out the fire, and and uh, and uh, she comes in the room and just distracts their attention and and gets them settled down, and 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 I sit there going, "How, how did you do that? <laughs> and I, just, I lack that ability, uh, so." You know, she always seems to know what they need, so that's that's always amazes me Don't on a daily basis. No, so. For real,
0: you're going to have to go out and <laughs> touch
1: it. Yeah.
2: Right now, she's distracting one from playing with the keyboard.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: t- touching too many buttons. It
0: does light up and has a cow-shaped button on it, so I can see that it would be pretty mm-hmm. enticing.
1: Okay, Hugh, what has being a parent, what has being a mother revealed about my personality? Uh, It was along the
3: similar lines about how tremendously patient you are, um, because in our almost 19 years of parenting, there's been very, very few times that you've been upset visibly.
1: I'm good at hiding it, maybe.
3: (laughs) Well, yeah, you're a good poker face. I'm just saying that you don't fly off the handle.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So, Jim, I heard you have a few questions for me.
2: Yeah, I thought I'd do a lightning round. It just—it's just a uh, what I look at here. It's uh, a rate right on a scale of one to ten questions for you know to ask you about Hugh.
1: Oh yeah. yikes! Yeah, so that, then uh, we're we're gonna get uh maybe we'll uh, get Katie to ask them of you since you've got them written down there for. Uh,
2: oh no, I didn't think about that. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how likely are you to want to smack Hugh on the back of the head before noon every day? <coughs> one to
1: ten. So 10 is smacking on the head and zero is not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would say probably most days, like a one. Um, We work together, but in the mornings we're when we're milking together um, there's not much conversation, both because of the, uh, the volume of the equipment and the earliness of the day. Um, I'm not a big chatty person in the morning. And so we go out and milk cows and get chores done. And so, not that talking to each other means that I want to smack them in the head, but, you know, like things are, you know, kind of usually pretty calm and we follow the same routine every day. So, yeah, by noon, things are still pretty peaceful.
2: I know I'm going to do I've got to fail miserably on that one. You're way above me <laughs> on that one.
0: The kids tend to wake up pretty early and I'm a morning person and Jim is not as much as I am. So, barring frustration with trying to make things happen, like getting out the door or getting people fed or whatever, I would say maybe like a 1, normally.
2: I would have, um, have guess you would have said 11. Some days,
0: <laughs> 12, 13, <laughs> um, but generally not. Not before noon, usually. <laughs> By 2, maybe.
1: Yeah, I'll say, too, our, our morning our morning routine with the kids these days is a lot calmer than it used to be. You know, we've got our high schooler, our, our university-aged kid isn't at home. Our high schooler gets himself ready for school and leaves sometimes before I even get in from the barn. And then there's only two still in the house even when we get back in. So the the morning chaos of getting four kids up and ready to school and out on the bus or, have you know, still having kids at, at home, because I was a stay-at-home parent for a lot of years, still having babies and toddlers at home while while also trying to get kids off onto the bus was a, a, definitely a different dynamic than where we are now. So the the chaos is not nearly the same level as it used to be. I think for us, for me, a lot of
0: warnings. It's that once one thing gets off track with getting everybody out the door, there's no coming back from it. It's just going to get worse. And it's just a matter of how much worse it's going to get. And
1: I think we have another child. We, coming, have, a, we have another guest. Joining our, <laughs> our show here. Oh, great. Now it's a family
2: recording. Another uh, next question, right on a scale one to 10, Hugh's dancing skills. Touchdown.
1: Okay. So we were just at a dance on the weekend. <laughs> so I'm going to give him a, uh, nine out of ten he's a really good foxtrotter good two-stepper i'm only giving him uh we we both square dance and he's good at that too i'm going to give him a nine out of ten because he can be a little bit judgmental of the types of dances that other people do that he does not care to participate in so say if other people were line dancing he can be a bit judgy About the fact that other people are line dancing, and he would probably be good at it, but he won't try it. So I'm going to give him a nine out of ten on that.
2: I'm I'm kind of right there with you on the line dancing thing.
1: (laughs) I I kind of thought you might have a similar opinion on that. But if we're talking about dancing generally, we have to, you know, consider all types of dancing. Now, Katie has two kids trying to climb on her lap. (laughs) What do you rate Jim's dancing abilities? I am fairly certain that the only
0: time we have ever actually danced was at our wedding reception and I think it was one dance and that was 11 years ago in May so we should work on that maybe we'd have to work on how much we can drink anymore too then
1: right so like even a kitchen dance party or you know like a good song comes on but I mean in his defense
0: it was the best first dance at my wedding that I've ever had (laughs) there you go so dead
2: I remember we danced at the uh, Dwight Yoakam concert. I remember that, that guy at the Dwight You, Dwight, you kicked that guy at yeah.
1: Dwight Yoakam that tried to dance with you. you, I know. you <laughs> someone, someone over there is eating a chip directly onto the mic. So that's what that is. This is why Caden and I normally record on weekdays. For our
0: <laughs> listeners, our uh, five-year-old is using the top of my trash can to pretend yeah. to saw my office door in half. So <laughs> this is why we don't have nice things. So, we're in, we're in. so we got number three.
2: On a scale of one to ten, rate uh, rate the the color of his favorite tractors. All
1: right, I mean, my favorite tractors are the ones that run and uh, don't give us too many headaches. And so I know... And the
3: ones that are paid for. And the ones that are
1: paid for. Those are good, too. Yeah. Um, so I know that Hugh is not like super allegiant to a brand necessarily, more so who's going to give us the best service on said tractors. So ours are blue and I'm cool with it. They seem to work. I, I don't really care that much about tractors as long as they do the jobs they need to do. And we have a really good dealership and good mechanics that are not very far away. So that's why we're blue right now. Katie, how do how do you feel about uh, Jim's tractor color? I'm right
0: there with you on runs and is paid for. I can tell you that our wedding got a uh, a centerfold spread in the Old Alice News
2: magazine. Yep, yeah, yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jim mm-hmm. writes for the Old Alice News. Um, his eye twitch every time the boy child mentions green tractors or blue tractors or red tractors. Is, I, like, I like
2: the blue one. It's, it's calmed yeah. <laughs> down
0: some, so I feel better about that. I'm having to come with the realization
2: mm-hmm. that uh, the uh, my favorite brand of tractor has not been built since 1985, so eventually I am going to have to... Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and if your kids ever farm, they will have to probably pick another color because they can only keep them running for so long.
2: Yeah, eventually we'll have to evolve here. So, you yeah. know... All right. What do we next? Next question. Uh, Let's go into how likely the likelihood of uh, you needing to talk uh, Hugh out of wanting to go skydiving?
1: I think probably a zero. I don't think that that's on his bucket list. We've we've talked about some of our, the things that we want to do in our mm-hmm. lives, and I don't believe you can correct me. Uh,
3: I would have a. Re- I would really struggle to
2: th- fling myself out of a plane.
3: So,
1: yeah. It's hard enough to get me on a
2: plane, let alone jump out of one. <laughs> so, that so
1: I think that is that, that your answer there, too, Katie? A zero? I
0: think we were married before Jim had ever even set foot on a plane. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I'm going to yeah. say less than zero. Yeah. I feel pretty <laughs> safe about it.
2: All right. Last one I got is uh, for you, Arlene, a scale of one to 10, uh, Hugh's ability to make you smile on a daily basis.
1: I'd say 10, yeah um so we, so we have a variety of methods there's the inappropriate memes um uh you know like just the the standard dad jokes um we've got you know observations about our children and you know i actually quite like him so i mean like sometimes we just smile at each other because we actually enjoy each other's company so yeah i'll give him a 10 on mm-hmm. that one katie
0: i was just thinking what a benefit it is to like the person you're married to 'Cause I mean, love is all well and good and it'll get you through It helps quite a lot, but actually liking the person you're spending your life with is worth a lot as well. Um there's the rare occasion that I smile because he's left, but <laughs> <laughs> because he has gone away. But yeah, I mean between the inappropriate memes and the baby pictures of our children that show up on my phone and the occasional surprise Dr. Pepper, I think he's doing pretty well. Mm-hmm.
2: So, speaking of the memes, I love like I sent her one the other day that uh, this uh, guy is walking past a car and sees like a, like clothing sticking out of the trunk of the car. And so he opens it up, and the, and the, the guy says, the guy inside the trunk is saying, please help me. So, please, uh, please, uh, you know, I have children. And the guy says, I'm trying to help you. He's like, no, I'm just trying to get a nap. I <laughs> yeah,
1: close it back <laughs> up
2: again i can relate to that yeah.
1: you have you been inspired do you have any questions burning questions oh, for katie gosh that you, it's
2: uh i i needed a little more lead-up
3: time yeah,
1: put you on the spot
2: i just i just wrote these like 20 minutes ago so that that was yeah. a
1: good start or any questions for jim you guys haven't had a chance to catch up in a while
3: yeah oh i don't know i want one that came to mind is like uh first impressions on your first dates of each other
1: because you guys met online right I know we've told this story before, but you were a uh, farmer's only match. So, I mean, like Hugh and I were friends sort of known friends for other. a long time before we started dating. But yeah, I mean, obviously it went well because you got, got guys got married pretty soon afterwards. But what was, <laughs> got, do you remember, Katie, like your first? I brought
0: my dog along and found out that this is maybe not the logic that other people would necessarily use. But I, I told him that I figured that you know, he might axe murder me, but nobody was gonna axe murder someone in front of their dog. So I felt it was, you know, safer <laughs> that way. Not that not that my Aussie would have actually been any protection, but that, you know, only a real monster would kill somebody in front of their dog. Um We went for a drive, we went to Pizza Hut, he Brought me home and showed me the barn, which I think was probably like the farmer equivalent of you know showing me his bank balance or whatever.
1: Did Did he like your dog? Oh yeah, he that would me, have been a hard dog not to like.
0: He uh, he let me lead him around. I
2: remember I held his leash you know for a while part of the day when we were out walking around and you know oh, yeah and he didn't, um, didn't bite or growl or hiss or nothing at me. He was nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah. No. Oh,
2: oh. Didn't try to pee on me either. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And did
0: Katie? I only growled at him a couple times. See <laughs> I mean he married me, so yeah. um our first date was on a Sunday night, and I think he said he'd call me later that week, and I think the only night that week we didn't go out was Thursday.
2: Well, probably,
0: yeah. Um Yeah. So
2: That's probably the thing that uh, for impressed me on the second on the first date is you agreed to a second date. So
0: yeah, that's <laughs> I knew I was going to marry him by the end of the first date. So it seemed a little ridiculous not to agree to a second date, a little counterproductive.
1: You weren't playing hard to get. No,
0: maybe if I hadn't seen the barn, maybe it would have taken a second or third date to.
1: The barn was that impressive. I'm
0: glad I showed you the the barn and not my bank balance. (laughs) That's true. If I had seen his bank balance before I saw the barn, we might be having a very different conversation. (laughs) No, I mean, back then you had a, 40 hour a week job and overtime and no kids. So it was probably the biggest your bank balance will ever be. Probably. No. That's that's depressing. No. Okay. How did you guys, I don't remember what the question was.
1: <laughs> that's all right. It was just first impressions, but we were saying that we had been friends for a few that's years before we actually started dating. So I, I mean, I kind of remember like meeting him, but it was more like, yeah, we were friends for a long time and then started dating. So it wasn't, wasn't quite the same as a, just meeting someone for the first time. Uh, Do you guys have any other questions for us? I have a question.
3: Oh, here's got one. It's the Valentine's day episode. Yeah. And um, what is the most appropriate Valentine's present for like when you've been married, like 10, 20 years, or is anything required other than a gesture or a meal out or something? Cattle. Cows. Oh, Cool.
1: So I'm supposed to buy them for him, or he's supposed to buy them for me, or we just decide together to buy something.
0: I mean, I th- I think really you should both buy some, for sure, for sure. Maybe even a dozen. Yeah. You know, you're feeling <laughs> yeah. feeling like
1: splashing out now. Now for you guys, is it cattle or sheep or uh, both? If you're going to invest in a Valentine's Day mm-hmm. uh, livestock of some kind, which which would you prefer?
2: Well, we're we're up one today, so.
1: Yeah, we're already a plus one on
0: cattle. You
2: know, fencing.
0: I'd... I'd like some fence for Valentine's Day. Real bringing the romance.
2: I was just thinking for Valentine's Day, buying cattle. You know, Hugh Airshires are red. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> they also run really fast. Ours never did, I guess, but ours are short-legged ones. I don't know. <laughs> Not as we had. We had ours. Uh, we had uh, some fourteen head of feeder calves down in a lower pasture. Put them out there, and less five days later, uh, some hunters were around in the area and going into people's properties at night, and they left the gate open, and and uh, they got about five miles north of here before we got them caught. And they moved pretty good at the clip at that day. It was,
1: yeah, those
2: Normandies for a shortage there—they can cover some ground when they get going. Uh, beef beef calves—they can run, yeah. <laughs> so have yet to figure out who was in our property but i think they're probably hiding pretty good
1: (laughs) so i was thinking unless anyone has any other questions about instead of our usual county fair question i had another one since i think we've probably all answered our county fair question in the past so i'm going to ask katie first um if you won the lottery tomorrow one would farming still be part on part of what you're doing with your life, and two, what things would you do on the farm differently if money was no object, and you had you were going to use your lottery winnings on the farm?
0: Like how much lottery winnings? Like a million or like a hundred million or like
1: like yes, yeah, guys, let's say a hundred million.
0: Fence and water, and more fence and more water, and then because our kids are the fifth generation on the farm, you know, we're working with original buildings, original house, et cetera, et cetera. It's easy enough. uh, It's not even easy to get repair people out, but finding someone to just like put a roof on has not been that hard. But once you get past that into like what it actually takes to maintain and repair, especially a barn, the size and age of ours, It would be awful nice to be able to bring in like a specialized crew to do the work because it's not a it's not even the roof was not something that most people were prepared to deal with. Um, We did get the roof done last summer, but there's there's a lot of Mm. stuff that it would be real nice to be able to just hire someone who really knows what they're doing and just let them do it
1: right. So not a new barn, but just to fix up the, the structure that you've already you're already using. You no, know, our our
0: barn's in surprisingly good shape mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful barn and it's definitely a piece of heritage not only for the family but for the area and you know, we're on the state barn tour, yada yada yada. But it would be real nice not, you know, to be able to hire somebody to fix stuff without wondering if they have any damn idea what they're
1: doing. Mm-hmm. And would you go for more animals or stick with the number that you have? I think probably the number we have for myself.
0: I'd honestly yeah. get a couple horses, maybe some goats. Definitely Guinea fowl. Don't tell Jim. Jim will never hear this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did I have it covering my ears? <laughs> probably, probably a few more chickens. Cause <laughs> yeah. we found out the one downside to the water we have. I mean, it, it doesn't freeze, Cows love it, doesn't take electricity. But apparently this summer when we were losing a few birds here and a few birds there and we couldn't figure out why, the working theory is that calves were knocking them into the waterer, trying to figure out what they were, and then they were drowning. Um, so some chickens would be good, and figuring out a way to chicken-proof the waterer might be good. A um, you know, little life vest for all the chickens, maybe, or a little ladder or something.
1: What about you, Jim? You win the Powerball. I'm assuming you're still farming. What are you putting the money towards?
2: Every every, every time I, I don't buy lottery tickets that often, but every time I buy one, I tell the people at the counter, it's like, yep, this is so I can farm till it's gone. But yeah, definitely, uh, you, you know, more, it'd be nice to have less muddy places and more concrete places and, and working facilities for the cattle and, and, uh, you know, maybe a newer tractor that has a loader, tractor, front wheel assist, and a cab would be nice. There's a lot of little things. It would uh, the first the first million would disappear. I'd say the first hundred thousand would disappear very, very quickly. So, <laughs> first million might take a while.
0: Oh well, um, I mean, yeah. we could pay off the roof loan, well, there so we go. that'd take care of most of that first hundred thousand.
2: And to put a barn on it, put a roof on a. Uh, a complete teardown and sheeting and new shingles on a, on a uh, barn that's over a hundred feet long. It's
1: yes. You know,
2: you can either buy a new truck or, or or a really nice used truck and, or you could put a rough on a barn. So what would you guys,
0: I don't know what the exchange rate is like, but you know,
1: well, well, yeah, we'll say a hundred million us is basically a billion dollars Canadian. So (laughs) not (laughs) not quite, but
3: what about you? Oh, I think that, you know, i think that we'd still continue to farm hopefully not till it's all gone but it would be nice to be able to farm and not have to worry about your bottom line every day right um the first thing that came to mind when the question was asked was actually our old dairy barn is is not historically significant and it's not special and it's starting to become an eyesore and by I would love to take it down, but by doing that, it's going to be a big expense and make no money. So, um, that'd be one thing, one of the first things we do for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the same thing, we already have some, some help here on the farm. We're both on the farm full time. We have help too, but yeah, to be able to, to, to not worry about having to pay, pay, um, salaries and interest and all that kind of stuff as, you know, to have that be as, as stressful a part of the the day-to-day. We have started talking about the idea of robots as a someday possibility and, you know, if if all of our debt was paid off and we could, you know, expand our facility and put robots in or do something like that to... If... If someone else wanted to farm or even if someone else didn't want to farm after us to make our retirement years a little bit easier or even just a little bit different than they are now, we're currently still milking in a tie stall. So it's more physically demanding than, than some setups. So, yeah, to be able to think about the the future and not have to not have to worry as much about debt would be a pretty huge thing.
3: I'd love to own uh, the tractor I learned to drive on as a kid was a Massey Ferguson 255. And I'd love to own a fully restored one, especially the one I learned to drive on had no brakes. So it'd be great if the restored one
1: had brakes.
0: It would be nice to only see your ag lender to like check in on how your investments were doing and not just to like. How
1: much money have we made? Not how much are we, do we still owe? Yeah. Yeah. Not to just
0: pinky swear to pay off the operating note and <laughs> ask for money.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know. So I guess as usual, we might move into our cussing and discussing segment. Um, so listeners can send in theirs on our speak pipe or by email. Check the show notes for the links to those. So as usual, I will start with Katie. This is the Valentine's Day edition, so maybe we should make them positive. I don't know. But what are you cussing and or discussing this week? I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and say,
0: I don't know if this is just my kids' school or all schools or what has happened. But when we were kids, Valentine's Day meant that like one kid's... In our class, it was a dad actually baked sugar cookies and frosted them all fancy. But they'd send a tray of cookies and... And maybe, you know, you do like those tiny paper cards. And that was like the extent of the Valentine's Day party. There was the the room mother you know, who'd come in and like serve punch or whatever. But that was it. Like it was a a low-key thing. And now we have kids like bringing in treat bags. Like what we used to get for birthdays. Now for birthdays, they're basically just giving your kid a present. I'm like how about if we just don't? You know, but now for Valentine's Day, there's, you know, you can't send any, or for Halloween or Christmas or whatever. You know, no homemade stuff. No adults are allowed to come in the building. No, no nothing. And they, some of them still do the little paper cards, but there is so much candy and pencils and stickers and tattoos and the stuff. Arlene, what do you have to cuss and discuss?
1: Mine is... Actually, I, sa- I said we sh- it should be Valentine's Day themed, but I'm not doing that because the one thing that I'm super annoyed at right now is it's winter and somehow we have fruit flies and I can't figure out where they're coming from or what they're doing in the house, but just the presence of fruit flies and trying to figure out what I need to clean or what I need to get rid of. All the fruit is in the fridge and there's nothing sitting out. I have bleached the compost bucket, so I don't know what they're doing here, but... I want them to go away and even calling them love bugs is not making me feel any better about them. Okay, Jim, this is your big chance for your once, once annual cussing and discussing
2: so, so many things and probably going back to the lottery thing of, of, uh, of uh, wishing you had the, you know, the frustration of, of the expense of getting, you know, for a small operation, getting decent facilities and, I mean, we had a calf born today that, uh, you know, if I would have had a, my biggest problem, we don't have a place for the bull right now. And and sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. I need to build a, a separate area so I can know, make sure that he's not in the wrong places at the wrong time and they're the right place at the right time. And so, yeah, just that's, that seems to be the big frustration of, of having a, a small, you know, operation and everything. And, and, uh, well, that's kind of farming in general. It's like a neighbor that, uh, uh, I, I have a lot of respect for And and once a while, I'll just call him and talk to him just to get, gain some knowledge. And he says, yep, by the time you get it where you want it, it's time to retire. Yeah, it's Gerald. Man's never gonna retire. Uh, (laughs)
0: Probably can't retire Uh, because now he's getting the chance to enjoy it. He he loves
2: his cattle so much. Yeah, Yeah. that's 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 what he keeps him going. So,
0: you know, Hugh, what do you have to cuss and discuss?
3: Well, I don't really have a lot to cuss. I'm wondering why. You know, obviously your previous husband's Valentine's Day special was. One of your most popular episodes, why it took two years to ask the husbands to come back. I mean, you need to give the public what they want.
0: It took me a minute to realize that you meant our previous episode with our husbands. <laughs> not our previous husbands. And not our episode with our previous husbands. <laughs> like, well, we had to get new husbands first, yeah. <laughs> You, Well, we don't want to make our listeners too jealous of us Hugh I I really yeah
1: yeah yeah, the perfect marriages and yeah
0: no I mean if they knew how perfect our kids were and how spotless our houses are and we're trying to be relatable yeah yeah we don't
3: authenticity I mean it's a curse to be a trophy husband but I mean Jim and I are doing our best okay so you really are it's a struggle
0: we appreciate all the hard work bringing (laughs) in that sweet sweet podcasting money
1: All right. Well, thank you, husbands, for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for uh listening to the slightly chaotic uh second Valentine's special with Hugh and Jim. And uh do you want people to follow you on social media? Do we do you give out your uh socials? Or uh we'll just if they want to talk to you, they can come through us. Tune
3: in for the St. Patrick's Day edition. We'll be back. (laughs) I'll be wearing orange. (laughs)
2: Sounds good. All right. All right. Good to see you guys.
1: Yeah, you too.
0: Thank you for joining us on Barnyard Language. If you enjoy the show, we encourage you to support us by becoming a patron. Go to www.patreon.com's
1: backslash barnyard language to make a small monthly donation to help cover the costs of making the show. Please rate and review the podcast and follow the show so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Barnyard
0: Language, and on Twitter, we are Barnyard Pod. If you want to connect with other farming families, you can join our private
1: Barnyard Language Facebook group. We are always in search of guests for the podcast. If you or someone you know would like to chat with us, please get in touch.